Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul Rand McNally. And we'll be your hosts and tour guides on a trip across America, one small town at a time. In the spirit of our great-great-grandfather, we're traveling the country writing the family's first almanac in over 50 years. Towns and Country, the McNally Brothers' comprehensive guide to small-town America. Each week we'll be in a new town, and after getting to know the place and the people, we'll tell you, the listener, all there is to know. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of These Parts. I am Vince McNally, one of your hosts and one of the two brothers McNally. That means I'm joined this week, as I am every week, by my dear friend, my travel companion, and my brother, Elliot McNally. Elliot, how are you today? I am fantastic, Vince. How are you? Everything is copacetic with me, my friend. Uh, And because we are in such a great town, I'm very excited. We're back on the East Coast, uh, kind of a home away from home for me. I know you feel the same way, Elliot. I do. Uh, It's a very familiar town to both of us. As some of our listeners might know, our father, Bryce McNally, was a huge fan of mobster and gangster movies. Uh, Vince, that's why your name is Vince. Absolutely. It's why your name is Elliot. Another classic Italian mafioso name. Yeah, he thought it was, you know, more of like a a feminine, weak-sounding mafioso name. He thought it could balance out Vince. But, you know, it it helped with my character, he said, growing up. And... Right, he was. Bryce was a judicious man, maybe not always the most lenient or or loving, but he was a man who wanted us to grow up right, and I think we did. We took many trips to this very town in our youth because Mm -hmm. it's a very unique signifier, Elliot. I think we should just get right to it, Vince, and put it on the map. I think that's a great idea. Listeners, unfurl, unfold, take out whatever type of comprehensive Rand McNally U.S. wall map that you call your own, put it on the wall, and get prepared to stick a pin in New Jersey. But before we do, we've got a very special guest that is going to do the honors for us, don't we, Elliot? We do. So the town we're in is in Napanelli. Uh, Napanelli is home to America's only legally recognized mafia. We have the Don or Doness. Um, maybe we'll be corrected on that with us today of that mafia. Can you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Donna Donna Nelly. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Donna? I'm doing just swell. Thank you so much for having me. Believe us, the honor is all ours to have Donna Donna Nelly, the female Don of Napanelli, New Jersey. You know, you can just go. You can just call me a Don. You know, it's just Don. It's D A W N. Oh, that's, oh. that's way easier. Yes, that makes yeah, a lot I, of sense. It's very confusing for a lot of people, but uh, I got it. Uh, I got I got to name myself, so why not just go Dawn, D-A-W-N. Is that typical in Italian culture? You, you name yourself? Yeah, everybody gets to pick their own name if they really want to. You know, you, you hit the age of 14. Do you feel like that's your name? Do you feel like you fit that name? No, then just go with Dawn. Or whatever, whatever you feel. It's really about the heart. That's that's what I always say. That, that's amazing. Wow. And I mean, dawn, a new day, a new town. Vince and I actually, um, you listeners at home don't have access to this, but sometimes we get special maps. We have our special pasta map. It is pasta dough. 
pounded incredibly thin and flat in the shape of these United States, and that's what we're going to stick a pin in today. Dawn, can you grab a pin and stick a pin in Napanelli, New Jersey? Sure, just right here? Yep. Look, look at this one. Look at this one. It looks like a little ravioli. All right. Uh, here we go. There we go. Look at that. It's in. Wow, a bang up job. It's in. Thank you. Thank you. Don, give us a little background in Napanelli. Uh, how did it come to be the only legally recognized mafia in America? Well, my grandfather, Don, Don Nelly, was the first mayor of Napanelli. And uh, what he did is he took over the government uh, in a maybe illegal way. And as he did so, he turned it legal real fast. And now he uh, he was the mayor. And as instead of a vote, well, we did have a vote. But when he passed, uh, his vote automatically went to me and I became the mayor. So you, you had a one-vote election in which he cast the only vote. Yes, yeah, that's how it works here in Napanelli. I'm no lawyer, but that, that seems pretty on the books to me. I love it that, that democracy reigns supreme, even at the lowest levels in the smallest towns across this great nation. That's very interesting. So basically, in uh, maybe you can dive into the exact mechanism with which your grandfather... Uh, became mayor of this town. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, well, uh, we had a we had a mayor back in back in the day that did not agree with a lot of my grandfather's tactics. You know, my grandfather was uh, he was doing a lot of things that uh, maybe the U.S. government wouldn't recognize as something that is, you know. I, I think it was okay. You know, speakeasies, there was a lot of alcohol involved. Um, if someone disagreed with you, you know, I don't want to uh, say it out loud, but uh, they're swimming with the fishes, if you know what I mean. You gave them swimming lessons? Well, uh, no, uh, that's a... Uh, I, we, I think we're picking up what you're putting down. You know, just uh, maybe ending, ending it for them, you know? If you disagree with someone, who says that they should uh, continue, continue on... Uh, disagreeing with you uh, okay i, I, I think see. i'm picking up the vibes yeah. i think i'm starting to understand so so the mayor at the time didn't really agree with the way that your grandfather did business so to speak no not at all he was making things very difficult for my grandfather so my grandfather decided that he would uh he would give swimming lessons uh to the mayor and uh ever since he has been uh running the office and and now from the beyond uh i am carrying on what he wanted uh as mayor for this town what did he want i mean i know that we all know that the polish mafia for instance is in charge of black market pierogies for america the jamaican mafia is in charge of the underground bobsled uh scene so i mean what are you guys in charge of you know my grandfather loves to play pool and what he really wanted is everybody to play pool all the time and and nobody wanted to play pool so he just uh he decided he was going to start uh making a uh a pool hall mandatory meeting weekly for everybody in the town you know he was so good at playing pool but he never had anybody to challenge him and I think that was very frustrating for my grandfather. You know, it, he he wanted he wanted a challenge. He didn't want to win all the time. You know, and I think part of it too was uh, people were afraid of him. 
So they were afraid to uh, to win against him, but he uh, what he really wanted to was he wanted to lose against someone. He wanted he wanted to know that he was human, you know. Like all the great warriors of history, they they simply want to die in battle and earn their spot at Valhalla. I can't imagine it was any different for a man as intrepid as your grandfather. And so this love for pool correct me if I'm wrong, is sort of branched out, and now you guys run all of the counterfeit and underground billiards uh, trade from Europe uh, through the eastern seaboard. That is absolutely correct. We make the best pool equipment, and everybody in the entire world wants to get their hands on it. So I didn't really put together the pieces before when I read that Mappinelli's main exports were green felt and blue chalk, but now it's all coming together. It all adds up, huh? really does. And, you know, you'd think that would be enough to satiate us or me, but Vince, it just isn't. I had a feeling it wouldn't be, Elliot. Do I smell a segue? I think you do. That segue, listeners, is to my personal favorite segment. That one's called Elliot's Eats. So as you listeners know, Elliot's Eats is where my brother explores a specific establishment in the town that we're visiting. He not only eats there, but he eats there every day of the week, trying out different dishes, usually to varying degrees of success because he has very strict dietary restrictions. Isn't that right, Elliot? That's very true. Uh, I'm also working on a companion piece to our almanac. Towns and Country, the McNally Brothers Comprehensive Guide to Small Town America. It's called Chew on This, Elliot McNally's Food Guide to Small Town America. Vince, I have a little bit of a hang-up involving my companion piece. Elliot, typically I'm very overjoyed to hear about the travails and pitfalls of Chew on This, but I'm feeling sympathetic today. What went wrong? One of the big things I wanted was that all of the pages were scratch and sniff. That seems reasonable. Yeah, so you could kind of interact with the food. Um, It turns out, after a lot of focus groups, we've narrowed down the chemical to make the pages scratch and sniff. But this chemical also makes those same pages water-soluble. So when you scratch and sniff, people start salivating, and then the entire book ends up disintegrating. So we're kind of back to the drawing board on that. Wow, that's too bad. Elliot, you know how much I appreciate your innovations in publications, so it is it is a sad day to hear that we couldn't make that work. It is, but you know, something that helped me drown my sorrows was the food in this town. I couldn't really eat a lot of it because a lot of it's cheese and meat heavy, but one restaurant that every single person pointed me towards was called That's Amore, and more is, is bold, and it's an all-you-can-eat mob-inspired Italian restaurant. It was made by none other than Marlon Brando himself. That sounds delicious. Don, are you familiar with this establishment? Oh, of course I'm familiar. That's my favorite. I'm familiar. Get it? Do you get it? All right. Uh, I I love I love that restaurant. It's one of my favorites. You know, they get some get some pasta, something with a lot of meat in it. You know, it's delicious. Everyone was pointing me towards this restaurant, Dawn, and I'm not going to point any fingers. But when people found out that I was vegan and I wasn't actually going to eat there, I woke up with a head of broccoli in my bed. Oh well, I I don't know anything about that. Wink. Well, I I hope so. It was very terrifying waking up. Um, and even though I couldn't eat anything there. It was so fun just being in the restaurant. It's all mob-themed, as I said. So one of their uh, most popular dishes, I'm sure you've had it, Dawn, is the uh, fedora fettuccine. It's just a fedora 
chock full of fettuccine Alfredo. So, so good. I just, I'm, I'm drooling just thinking about it right now. The soggy fedora makes for like a, a very interesting bowl. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite, Vince? I am a, a personal fan of the sleeping with the fishes, fish sticks in a blanket uh, that they, they, they serve. It's on the kids menu, but I asked and the waitress said it was perfectly fine for an adult man to order it. Uh, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. You, do you want to know a secret about that? I would love to. That I, I order that all the time. All the time. I know it's on the kids' menu, but as as the mayor, I feel like you know I'm a kid at heart, and I'm I'm a kid, I'm a kid in a restaurant, you know. So, well, bye, George. If it's good enough for the mayor of Napanelli, then it's more than good enough for this weary traveler. Don, do you have a, a different favorite dish that you order, that, or that maybe you see as most popular at the restaurant? Well, you know, I uh, I love the cannoli there, and I always take it. I always take the cannoli, and it's probably, you know, the best, I would say the best in the country. I've had, I've had cannoli in, in Boston. I've had cannoli in, in New York and, and none of these places can even, I, I don't even, I can't even put into words how good this cannoli is. And the, uh, what is it about the Napanelli cannoli that makes it so good? Well, you know, they use a very, very special cheese in the cannoli and usually it is uh you know just i believe it's a ricotta cheese that's a in a in a typical cannoli but this cannoli is made with a cheese from a very special cow and this cow was my grandfather's cow uh the cow only eats pizza we feed the the cow pizza and so all of the cheese kind of has this pizza flavoring to it and it it just it's divine you know and i i I can't eat, I, it's, I am going to, I'm going to just faint thinking about it. It's so good. So all these cows are, they, they just sustain on pizza and that is it. That is it. We don't give them water or anything else, just the pizza, you know, and, and you can, you can, you can vary up the flavor of the cannoli depending on the toppings you put on the pizza. You know, if you put a little anchovy on there, it gets a a little, uh, like a seafood flavor to it. Uh, you could put uh, just veggies if you if you for you know for vegans. I appreciate that wholeheartedly that they're thinking that far forward. Um, I mean, and, and it's also pioneering a lot of pizza flavored things. I mean, you have the pizza flavored cheese, you have uh, pizza flavored ice. You know, it's sort of an evolution of Italian ice, and how they make it uh, is they wring out slices of pizza into little ice cube trays, and then freeze that water and it's it makes any beverage have just this tangy amazing flavor yeah i always wow. i always order the water they are specifically because of the pizza ice yeah sometimes you get like a little bit of pepperoni in a cube sometimes you get a little uh, mushroom and it's just it's a great time there that's i love that's it. what was so compelling about the water i was wondering what it was i thought hey maybe you know i had one too many cannolis and my taste buds were stuck in cannoli mode but it's actually pizza ice the innovations never stop here in Napanelli. So, Don, based on having such an amazing all-you-can-eat Italian restaurant in the town, what are you guys doing to combat the obesity and especially childhood obesity in Napanelli? Uh, CrossFit. We have opened several CrossFit gyms throughout uh, throughout the area, um, and we are encouraging all of our residents to uh, check it out. You know, we have... We have a killer. Uh, we have a killer gym. Uh, we have great coaches, and we uh, 
we really uh, we, we're working on our gymnastic skills as well as weightlifting, and uh, we're really working it out here in Napanelli. One of the CrossFit gyms that I saw was called Pool Hall Junkies, and it was all pool and billiards themed CrossFit. I thought that was a really great homage to the town. I was there. I actually, after a, a particularly shameful binge at That's Amore, I, I, I checked out the, the the Billiards Hall CrossFit gym, and I was surprised to see a very interesting tactic employed by the trainers there. Uh, it was, there was not really much motivation. They didn't really like show me how to use the equipment. They would just make very vague, passive-aggressive threats about my personal safety, and I was kind of suddenly motivated uh, to, to use the equipment correctly. Uh, I think more places across the country should employ a similar method. Yeah, you know, you, you go in there, and there's a bunch of pool equipment, and you don't know what to do with it, and all of a sudden you do, you know? It's, it's uh, I, I love it. I that's that's actually the gym that I attend, and uh, eventually, you know, you're you lifting you lifting the eight ball, and uh, you're throwing pool cues across the room, and and you're you're in shape. You're in shape at the you know it's a workout at the end of the day. I love their use of plyometrics with the different pool balls as opposed to medicine balls. It's it's amazing how they work it all in. Oh yeah, doing tons of wall balls, just getting hit in the head with uh with whatever the white one's called. Why am I blanking? It's a white ball. The cue ball, you know. Cue ball. Why did I? Why did I forget that? One too, one too many cue balls to the head, maybe. You know, I I bet that you're right. I bet you're right. I have been hit in the head several times with a cue ball at the CrossFit gym, and also just because uh, disagreements I've had with uh, some of my constituents. I've heard there are no weapons in the town, only uh, uh, pool balls, and so they're kind of kept on a quarantine just in case people get a, a little too feisty with the cue balls. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep those under wraps. You know, if you see something uh, ball shaped underneath someone's shirt, uh, you know you you there might be some action ahead. You know, they're concealing and carrying. They're packing heat. That's interesting. That's good to know. Actually, uh, it's something that I guess I, I would have liked to have known in the in in advance of coming, so I could have uh, been on the lookout. Uh, but maybe, just maybe. Uh, a few of our listeners have specific questions just like that one that they'd like answered, Elliot. I couldn't agree more, Vince. We should get to those in a segment we call Wouldn't You Like to Know? So this is your chance as a listener to write in with your specific questions for Elliot, myself, and the guest for each and every town that we visit. Every week we have time for three questions. Elliot, you have the first one in front of you, it looks like. I do, I do. Uh, this one comes from, uh, it's actually a tweet, a series of tweets that have been transcribed onto paper. And so the, all the, the different interfaces drawn on there, I don't know why uh, it was written this way, but it's from at these parts rocks with an X. Hey, that's pretty fun. And so, uh, so th- this listener says, Vince and Elliot, uh, T-I-L, it, Vince, is that today I learned? I believe that is internet slang for today I learned, yes. Okay. Today I learned that Italy is shaped like a boot. Huh. So it is, listener. You know, now that I look at a map, Vince, seems like it's pretty boot-shaped to me. It's pretty uncanny, actually, now yeah. that he mentions it. The listener goes on to say, I live uh, just up the road in Hoboken, but I always come to Napanelli for my boots. My favorite Italian leather boot store is 
called Forget About It. Uh, can you talk about this a little bit more and uh, talk about the store in the context of the town? Wow, we'd love to. And Vince, I know that you got a couple awesome pair of uh, Italian leather shoes from this establishment. I sure did. Their suppleness is matched only by their comfort, and the stylishness goes without saying. Uh, they're the finest pair of boots that I own. I'm more interested, though. We all know they make a quality product. Uh, where do they fit in sort of the town's ecosystem, Don? Everything, almost everything in this town uh, revolves around my grandfather's history in some way. Uh, it did. The town originally did have... Uh, some sort of history, but as soon as my grandfather took over, everything, the history books were burned, and history started over, essentially, in Napanelli. Uh, my grandfather always wore these Italian boots that he got from his grandfather, who actually lived in Italy. And the, the, boots, the boots are a symbol, a symbol of, uh, of the, the history of Napanelli, that when you step into a boot... Uh, that looks like my grandfather's boot, uh, that you're stepping into his town and you're seeing the world from his point of view. Wow. wow what, a, what an amazing story. Uh, so, I mean, Vince, do you feel like you've seen Napanelli and the world through the eyes of Don's grandfather? You know, it's the strangest thing. I was walking down Main Street here in Napanelli uh, just yesterday with my new boots on. And, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I gave uh, some random woman a shakedown. Uh, you know, I, I, I knocked someone off a pier. I, I walked into a, a local gas station and demanded protection money. And these things were really out of character for me. But what I see now is that the boots were having me channel the essence of your grandfather, Don. You are you're living the life of a Napanellian. Wow. It's funny because the, the pair of shoes that I was able to pick up were uh, the, the cobbler there at Forget About It said they were famous and they were cement shoes. And he said that it was, they're great to go swimming in. And so I was just about to jump off the pier in my new cement shoes when Vince stopped me and, you know, kind of had to give me a shakedown of my own. The Being offered the cement shoes is very, very special. Uh, what it's a symbol uh, for the first man that my grandfather actually killed. Uh, I, and, and by that, I mean, uh, you know, gave swimming lessons to. And oh, right, uh, right. When, you, when you have the, when you get the cement shoes, it's a symbol that you're disliked by the, the shoe, the shoemaker himself. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that you got that experience because not everybody gets that. I, I don't know what to say. I, I guess I'm glad that he he disliked me enough to wish harm upon me in the in the form of my footwear. That's um, a pretty high honor here in Napanelli. Uh, it's well, very high honor, yes. I've actually got the next question right here. Uh, and it's, it's written on a, an uncut sheet of $3 bills. So this is interesting. Uh, huh. And it, it comes from just outside of Napanelli in a town called Pertinsky, New Jersey. Right, so, so, so what do they have to say, Vince? This, this unnamed listener has written in in red Sharpie on these $3 bills. It says, talk about the movie Deliverance, semicolon, was filmed in Napanelli, double exclamation point. 
Vince, he wrote this question on, you said, a sheet of uncut $3 bills. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, looking closer, it looks like the, I guess I'm going to put this in quotes, president on the $3 bill is Burt Reynolds. It's Burt Reynolds in a, in a full color screen capture from his role in Smokey and the Bandit. Yes, it, that's what it appears to be. So there's a lot of wildly inaccurate things already bubbling to the surface, in my mind, at least. Not the least of which is our listeners' misguided idea of where the movie Deliverance was set. Listeners, except for this one, that probably know by now that Deliverance was filmed and takes place in Georgia, not Napanelli. Um, I, I kind of want to get to the bottom of this incredibly ill-fated attempt at counterfeit currency. Is that a problem you guys experience here in Napanelli, Don? Well, you know, we don't actually use any U.S. currency here. Uh, we all counterfeit all of our money. That's how it works. So if you come in with a U.S. dollar that looks like a legitimate dollar, that's actually when you'll be turned away because we know that that you actually uh, you earn that money in some way that was legitimate. And that that just doesn't rub us the right way, you know, here in Napanelli. Uh, my favorite, uh, I like to use uh, uh, these coins that I that I made. Um, they're chocolate. Uh, so when you, you pay with the chocolate coins and then you can eat them afterwards. Um, that's usually my, my payment of choice. Interesting. So although you're America's only legally recognized mafia, the government still allows you to sort of be off the grid in that sense and use your own currency in the town. Our, our currency, I, I would say a lot of the U.S. currency is being used in other ways, if you know what I mean. So it's more of a trading and bartering system that we have that an understanding between us and the townspeople. So if we were to take these uh, Burt Reynolds, uh, Burt Bucks, if you, if you will, would we be able to use them to pay for things and for goods and services in the town? Oh, absolutely. I think anyone would see that face, that mustache, and say yes right away. Good as gold as far as I'm concerned. Uh, well, thanks for writing anyway, anonymous listener. Uh, it sparked an interesting discussion, if nothing else. Don, it looks like you have the, the third and final question right in front of you, if you don't mind uh, reading that for the audience. I do, I do. Let me just unfold it here. Oh, oh, Okay. All right. This is uh this is from Tina. Uh says age 8. Oh, and uh Oh, that's nice. It's written in a red crayon. And she wants to know uh she says she says dear Elliot and Vince, uh one day I want to be the leader of a mafia, a mafia family. She said how will I become a don? But you know, she spelled a d o n and in it's d a w n honey, if you, if you want to be uh, a Dawn in Napanelli. Uh, she wants to know how she can become a Dawn uh, someday. so sweet. That, that really does warm the cockles of my heart. And I think, luckily for Tina, age eight, we have an expert on the subject with us today. Dawn, why don't you sh shed some light on how you rose to power here and, and what it's like to be a female Dawn? My, I, I had a special uh, circumstance where I, I, my family brought me into it uh but really you could become a dawn of any town that you wanted to first what you need is you need a group of people who are physically intimidating to other people 
And uh, when you don't get what you want, you just, you know, little hints like, uh, like, hey, uh, if you if you want uh, if you want to keep living, then uh, maybe you should do what I say. You know, you just give subtle hints like that. And uh, once people come to understand uh, how life is around you, eventually you'll just be in power. Uh, eventually you will intimidate everyone to just do what you say. And, and I, I say start, start them young, you know. So uh, little Tina, uh, you know, start with your parents. Let them know that uh, if you don't get the dessert that you want, that uh, um, you're going to have your friend... Uh, you're going to have your friend Vinny take care of them, you know? So take care of them just like uh, just like my grandfather used to take care of lots of people, you know? Well, uh, wise words from an even wiser woman. Uh, hopefully Tina can rise to the ranks just like you did, Don. Now, that, that little token of, of wisdom was a, a gift that Don was generous enough to give our listeners. I think we should keep that trend rolling, don't you, Elliot? I 100% agree. In a segment we call No Gifts, Ands, or Buts. So this is Elliot and my own investigation into the kind of uh, trinketry, the gift-giving culture of the towns that we visit. We like to break this segment out when it's particularly appropriate, and I think Napanelli is a great target for that segment, don't you, Elliot? It's great. So, listeners... As Vince and I were uh, journeying across the country, we realized we both loved souvenirs and trinkets. We kept accumulating more and more, uh, giving each other gifts, and we thought that it would be great to turn this into a segment because uh, you can't say where you've been without a gift. And especially in this town, it is very customary to give a gift to the Don. So what we're going to do is, Don, we got you a little something, and I, I actually can see that you got us a little something, too. Oh, you shouldn't have. No, it, it was our pleasure. So, if you would do the honors and open up our gift, um, we would really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh. Oh, my God. It is a tiny little box, and it looks like it has a little, uh, an evergreen tree inside of it. Like a, It's like a little snow globe, except for it's a, it's a square. Oh, it's so adorable. Elliot, as, as the brains behind this gift, uh, tell, tell us about the snow cube and its significance. The snow cube has a lot of significance. Um, as you guys know, I, I'm sort of a, a huge proponent of giving gifts. Uh, Vince and I spent much of Tuesday just kind of scouring the, the different markets and stuff and trying to find the perfect gift, and everyone pointed me to the snow cube. And so, uh, what this symbolizes is uh, the lack of foliage in Napanelli. And so, this, uh, this little evergreen tree is actually one of the only evergreen trees in the town, Dawn. That's, that's correct. My grandfather hated any other tree but Christmas trees. Uh, he loved Christmas, so the only trees that were allowed in the town are, are evergreen trees. And now we have one that sits in the town square... And this is just an adorable, tiny replication of it that I can put on my desk. What a thoughtful gift, Elliot. Yeah, apparently the story goes, at least the shopkeep told me, that your grandfather also hated uh, snow globes constantly rolling off his desk. And so he didn't want them to be spherical. He wanted them to be in 
cube shaped, so they served a purpose. They were stable. Um, another reason, you know, besides your grandfather hating trees in the town, was that there were so many people who were, let's say, quote, taken care of and uh, are currently pushing up daisies that the soil uh, wasn't able to grow any more trees. That's absolutely correct. You know, our town is covered in daisies, and uh, it's it doesn't leave a lot of room for trees. Let's just say that. Now, that, that's just simple botany. Um, well, what a, what a thoughtful gift. What a unique gift. And, Elliot, it's, it's almost with, you know, an embarrassment at the honor, but we have a gift from Dawn as well to open. We do. Uh, and, you know, we're, we couldn't be more humbled by this. I mean, here we are getting you, uh, Mafia Dawn, a gift, and now we get one. Vince, do you want to peel back the paper on that? Oh, I hope you love it. I'm, I'm sure we will. Here we go, opening it up. Uh, it looks to be a violin case. Oh my goodness, you should not have, Don. And actually, wait, Vince, can you pop that open? It looks like the, the liner of the case is, is lined with what looks to be, uh, what are those, Brando bucks? It, it's, it is, it is. It's filled with Brando bucks. Looks like about... Uh, $90,000 in unmarked, non-sequential Brando bucks. Dawn, you shouldn't have. Well, you know, it's it's tradition here to give your new friends an empty violin case, uh, mostly because we don't play music here. I think you've noticed that. Yeah, why is that, by the way? My fa- my grandfather hated music. Uh-huh. All types of music. Any any t- if, you, if you heard somebody whistling, uh, that would be a problem with him. Uh, so what, what we do is we give the empty violin case just to remember as a reminder, you know, never play music. Music is not important. What's important is the money and, uh, which is why I gave you those Brando bucks. And, you know, Brando is just so good looking. That's, that's one of my other favorite, my other favorite, uh, types of currency to use is Brando bucks. So are these Brando bucks all redeemable at the That's Amore restaurant? Oh, of course. I know where we're going after this episode. Yes. Uh, and you know what? I've I've been looking for a, a way to conveniently carry around my Tommy gun, and, and this just seems like a, a natural fit. Thank you so much, Don. What a thoughtful gesture. I truly feel like, like a native Napanellian now, Elliot, and I hope the same is true for you. And, you know, the, that stuff is something that I really, until now, didn't know, Vince. I didn't know either, and I think I have a hunch, just an inkling, that there might be one, two, or five things left that we didn't know about this town. I bet there's exactly five, and we should get to those in a segment we call, Did You Know? Did You Know is our weekly rapid-fire trivia segment, where we hit you with the digestible, snackable, uh, informationable bites of knowledge about the towns that we're staying in. We have time for five. And Elliot, as always, has the first one. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. <laughs> it seems like I always get the first one. And it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also humbled by it. But uh, I, I feel like there's sometimes that you might want to be chomping at the bit to give us a fact. I'll take over from here. But I think going forward, <laughs> it's okay if you want to take the first one. I just want to let you know. Elliot, as as the older brother of the two of us, you you should have the honor of it. But but next time around, I'll I'll take a swing at the first pitch. I don't know if I'll do it as well as you could, but 
but I'll give it my best. All right. So, Vince, Don, did you know that there are no puppet shows in Napanelli, New Jersey? That is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. So, uh, apparently the story goes is that Italians, Italian-Americans are um, very uh, adept at talking with their hands. They gesticulate a lot. And so... Um, a lot of people that were trying to perform sock puppet shows for kids were making the kids very upset because their hands were flailing around as they were talking. Um, they None of the kids could really see where the puppets were going. They couldn't understand what was happening. And so Napanelli as a whole decided to outlaw these puppet shows. Huh. That's that's fascinating. Uh, any Any insight into how that decision was kind of received by the public, Don? We had a couple puppeteers who lived in the town, and uh, they were very offended that we outlawed puppetry. Uh, but, you know, it's just, you can't please everyone. You know, you, you, as a mayor, there's you're always trying to please everyone. And, and really, what's important is making sure that you're happy as the mayor. So, uh, there are no more puppet shows, um, and... And everybody else seems to be pretty happy with it, you know? You know, puppets always personally freaked me out. So I was... Oh, uh, terrifying. Vince, I mean, Vince will attest to this, that every single town we go to, I immediately check if there are any puppet shows in the vicinity. And, and if there are, then we have to we have to leave the town until the puppet show is, has also left. So it's called <laughs> oh, I don't a few blame scheduling you. arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. But Elliot and Dawn, did you know that upon official citizenship here in Napanelli, you receive a mafia name. Huh, I didn't know that, and I'm excited, Vince, because who better to give us mafia names than Dawn right here? Absolutely. Some of my favorites, just people I've met around the town talking about this phenomenon, uh, the guy who, who works at uh, Forget About It is uh, Lenny Shoestrings, uh, the, the butcher here in town that prepares all the fresh meat for that samurai. Uh, his name is Ronnie Cleaverhands. Uh, this is sort of the naming convention that you get. Uh, Don, if, if it's not too forward of us to ask, could you give us both mafia names? Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, well, something I have noticed about you two is that you always have maps you know, that's true. Guilty as charged. You seem, mm -hmm. you seem to always know where you're going. Uh, so, uh, you know, we got uh, Vinny. We'll give you uh, uh, Vinny, Vinny Map Hands. Vinny Map Hands. I, I love it. Sounds authentic to me. And uh, Elliot, uh, you know, I, I want to go. Uh, this might seem strange because uh, we do have a butcher, but I did like the butcher. As a as a good as a nickname, you know, and it's kind of ironic, you know, with with my dietary restrictions and all. That's that's great. Oh, that's well, like you know, a, the classic trope of like the the big guy named Tiny, right? So this is like uh, Elliot the butcher, but he he's vegan. That is exactly what I was thinking, you know, and also very intimidating. It, it is very intimidating, and it seems like the the normal naming convention for these mob names is just hastily take two words. Um, about, you know, the, the person's profession and a body part and stick them together. Is that sort of what I'm grasping at here? That is, you are grasping with your map hands, you know? <laughs> Truly the master at work. 
maybe you could do us another favor and read us the next, next did you know. Well, did you know uh, that Napanelli is introducing an organics recycling program? Wow, that's, that's very amazing. Forward thinking of you guys. That's interesting. I didn't know that. You know, we don't we don't like garbage just filling our heaps. You know, that's that's for something else. You know, in the in the dump. We put uh, the. Do you get? Do you guys understand what I'm saying when I say uh, when I say that we we don't put garbage in our dump? We put uh, we put garbage in our dump. You know what I mean? I, I think I think I'm picking up what you're putting down here. What about you, Vince? I think uh, I've got the gist. So you're saying this recycling program is motivated by the fact that there's no room in the many Napanelli landfills because it's filled with some other sort of, of refuse of tra- of. All, human trash, I'll say that. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Wow. I didn't so, know that. so the organics recycling program was sort of built out of necessity, if nothing else. Well, and also it's great fertilizer for all the daisies, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that. But, uh, Dawn, Vince, did you know that there is a certain type of mushroom in Napanelli that has since been extinct since establishing the town? Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there was this uh, very big red mushroom that grew indigenously in Napanelli, and after Super Mario Brothers came out, a lot of people around the town would go around jumping on it, thinking that they might grow in size or get some sort of superpower, um, and that just wasn't so. And after quite a while of people jumping on these mushrooms, they, they couldn't take it anymore and they couldn't grow that's uh wow that's really interesting don uh, any any insight on this phenomenon we had these little red ones they were red with a a white speckle mm-hmm. and and i remember them as a kid but I, I they they were gone real fast uh as i was growing up uh and i do remember trying to jump on one and nothing happened i did i did jump on a green one once uh there was a, a green one that i saw and i did run very fast so, who knows? You know, who knows what what things, you know, nature's a wonderful and magical thing. That's true. Well said. Uh, I, I didn't know that at all. But, guys, did you know that greyhounds, the, the breed of dog, enjoy a, a special level of sort of treatment and, uh, and honor here in Napanelli? Oh, Vince, I didn't, I didn't know that. Why is that? Well, I think Don will probably shed a little more light on the subject, but Greyhound racing uh, and, and the, the gambling that goes along with it is an instrumental part of the Napanelli economy, is it not? I, myself, own several Greyhounds, and each one of them is like a precious little baby to me, and I, I, I require everyone in the town to own a Greyhound. So you'll see Greyhounds all over the town, and, and just like my father loved pool, I love greyhound racing. And what I, what I want to do is I, I want everyone in the town to, to train their dogs, and I want one of their dogs to try to, try to beat one of mine because I feel like I need, I need to feel human again. You know, if you, if you run a town like as beautiful as mine, you feel like a god. And, and I, just, I, I need someone to bring me back down to earth. It, it was it was strange. I was I attended a race uh, just this week, and uh, uh, though a few though a few um, hounds were in front of your your greyhound duchess, 
uh, right near the the end of the race, they kind of just pulled up and then and sat down and waited. And then, uh, kind of out of nowhere, Duchess passed them at a, at a very uh, at, a, at a very comfortable trot. Well, you know, Duchess is uh, is my oldest and most precious dog. She is fourteen years old, and she is not as quick as she used to be, but she still beats all those other dogs. And I I just don't understand. You know, it's it's almost as if someone has trained them to stop because they don't want to lose or they don't want to beat me. Uh, no, that would be preposterous, though. That can't be it. Uh, that cannot be it. it. Uh, if if that were true, uh, there would be some consequences to pay, you know, for those trainers. So uh, uh, that better not be something that I am slowly putting together in my head. It's interesting that you mentioned your, your greyhounds were like your babies. Uh, aren't Italian greyhounds very tiny? I mean, are, are all these greyhound races and everything that surrounds it uh, miniature? Everything is very small. Uh Duchess herself is about two inches tall. Um, and, uh, you know, now that I think of it, I, uh, that little tree that you gave me would look perfect on our, on our course. I should add that little tree in there. It'll make a little, a little Napa Nelly just for them to run around in, you know, and have fun. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's very exciting to watch a greyhound race, but it is also very, very adorable. What a, what a charming idea. And what a charming episode. Thanks to you and your grace and your graciousness, Dawn. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. It was our pleasure. And that's not all we have for you, listeners. We got one more gift just for you. And it's called Wish You Were Here. Listeners, Wish You Were Here is our weekly chance to dictate an audio letter to you. We know you can't join us on our journey, but this is the next best thing. Vince, do you want to start it out? I will. And it reads, Dear listener, wish you were here in Napanelli, New Jersey. Home to America's only legally recognized mafia and mafiosa Donis Don Donelli. Home to a passionate billiards community, a thriving food scene, and the tiniest, cutest greyhound racing you can see in these great United States. If you want to come to Napanelli, you sure won't see a puppet show, but you'll sure see a lot of great Italian leather boots. And you better not be caught whistling Dixie, or you might just slip on a pair of cement shoes of your own. Farewell from these parts to yours. Hey listeners, thanks again for listening to another episode of These Parts. Be sure to tune in next week when we're in Bobbinsdale, New Hampshire. Bobbinsdale, New Hampshire is home to the nation's only surviving pog factory. Seems to be a great episode ahead. Don't miss it.